Hey everybody, welcome to the Revive Wake Up and Win podcast. I'm your host, Medine Gerezgier, and this podcast is all about finding inspirational stories, informative insights, and all kinds of ways to look at the world that can make you a better person, deciding that you can win with the human spirit and by belief in God. Today, we're talking about an artisan pick. What does that mean? Artisan, of course, is handcrafted. It's what they decide, the person who's an artisan, what they decide to create, what they decide to make. But you can make anything. You can pick whatever it is that you want to create, but you got to pick something. But all of us need to be an artisan in some form of fashion. I believe that because I grew up with a dad who was an artisan, a true artisan. Uh, he was able to do everything with his hands. He was able to do plumbing. He was able to fix cars. He was able to uh, uh, do all kinds of housework. He created all kinds of beautiful crafts. Um, he was a gardener. I mean, anything you could think of, he he did. But he got so much pleasure out of that. I think that might have skipped a generation with me because I don't know how to put two sticks together in order to make a match. But I can tell you that um, I can tell you that there is something to creating with your hands and uh, it changes you. It makes you a, uh, makes you a better person. And again, that's what this whole podcast is about, right? Um, I'm learning right now uh, how to cut and sew uh, shirts and apparel and all kinds of uh, uh, products like that, as well as I'm learning how to draw and how to make and make art. Um, I've been inspired recently to begin that path. I'm 29 years old, but I don't think about that. I think about, hey, if I, I could start now. I could, uh, who knows? My, my life may change for the better, or I might find out that I'm actually pretty good at it. That's all that can happen. So I just know that it's important because I've seen what it did for my father. It made him incredibly happy. It made him uh, want to do more. He never stopped. He was up 6 o'clock in the morning, and he would go to bed late at night because he loved to do it. Um, just working on different projects. And so as soon as one was over, you didn't get a break because he started a new one. You know, either the fridge was moving on this side of the house or, you know, we're building a tree house or there's going to be a, a renovation in the bathroom X or Y. And, and it just was nonstop. So I got to see how much that changed and affected him. And it definitely inspired me to get down that path. But I have someone here with me today who uh, is actually known as the jackknife. Similar C's. to my C's, <laughs> yes, he's 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 known for to do almost anything with his hands. He's uh, worked on cars, built engines from the ground up. Um, he's torn apart uh, computers and put them back together and made them supercomputers. Mm-hmm. Um, and is able to contact people on Mars with them. Uh, he's done that. Uh, he's he's an he's a brilliant mind. He, and of course, he's the one that behind our company. Revive Brand Co. with all of our bags and products, www.revivebrandco.com, including the game bag that we got on national TV. He saw, uh, sewed and designed mm-hmm. all on his own. Now, we we stumbled into this, and I'll let him tell the story of how we got there, but because we it was a necessity, you know, and we didn't know how we were going to make stuff without having someone to create all of our samples, how we were going to go forward without some real direction in terms of solid products that would wow people. I agree. And uh, to expand a little bit, you know, I'm John, his brother. Uh, me and Caesar have known each other since 1993, May May 31st, 1993. Uh, that's that's the day he was born. And uh, <laughs> nice. so, so, so we've grown up together. And 
our entire lives, this guy has always been the one to break everything, but then fix it. So anything that he can get his hands on, he would take apart ever since he was a little kid. He'd take apart my Game Boy. You know, like I finally got a Game Boy when I was like in fourth grade. I was trading stuff and I was like, Caesar, I got a Game Boy. And he's like, that's really cool. The next day it's taken apart. And I'm like, you broke my Game Boy. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to see if I could extend the battery life on it. You know, like, <laughs> I was like, it's two AA batteries. How much more battery life can we get? And he's like, dude, you could be playing all night now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see like, that all too. Right, all right. So, as we were growing up, this kid has always done everything that typically parents tell him not to do. You know, my 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 mom and dad were fortunate. They uh we they won this raffle at the church and they won fifteen hundred dollars. So like on a on a raffle. So my older brother Noah, super studious guy, and um, he needed a computer in order to really advance his high school work instead of going to the library. Back in the day, there was no such thing as everybody having a computer or cell phone. So he'd always be at the library every day after school. So my mom finally used that money from, from the raffle and bought a, a really nice computer. It was like a $1,500 computer. And uh, this was back in like 2001. So here we were. We had this really nice, really nice computer. It worked. And then one day we show up after school and everything is on the ground. All the computer pieces are scattered all over the living room. The hard drives, the cables, everything was completely torn. And then my mom just comes in and says, Cesar! <laughs> she has the biggest fit. <laughs> and keep in mind, everybody, their mom is the sweetest, uh, kindest, gentlest woman that you'll ever meet. So she must have really ticked her off. Oh, so here he was, computer pieces everywhere. And he's like, Mom, it's okay. I know how to put it back together. <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> so ever since then, anything he gets his hands on, he'll tear Wait, wait. Apart. Did he get it back together? Yeah, yeah I, did, I did. did. You did? Yes, I did. And what did your parents say after they Noah, saw that? Noah actually came home after my mom, and he was like, Caesar, I have schoolwork to do. <laughs> you know, like, what did you do? <laughs> He's like, I'm putting it back together. I promise. <laughs> He's like, Where'd you learn how to take it apart? <laughs> it's like, I did it. I just learned right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that was legitimately the story I always remember about him is him taking apart this big computer. Wow, I didn't know that one. That's and cool. Then, and then he said. I said, where did you learn how to do this? And this is exactly, exactly what he said. I just learned right now. <laughs> that's awesome. Because, well, obviously you're gifted, man. We all know that about you. Everybody that's in our circle knows that you're you're the uh, the driving force behind anything that we create. And, I mean, we know you're gifted in terms of uh, having an engineer's mind. But what I wanted you to talk about today, or I wanted to kind of open it up to you, is what it does for you, you know, when you create uh, something with your hands and, and what and how it uh, shapes you and and why you think others should. So please take it away. Yeah, let's, you know, let me go ahead and start off by saying, um, obviously all that was true, what you said earlier. So true story. He's not making any of that up. Uh, but really, just thinking back, you know, he really, when Jonathan was talking about that story, it really got me back to the moment of me actually doing all that. Like the moment of me deciding just, uh, let me pull this computer out and just start taking it apart. Like, 
Like, I don't know. Like, obviously, I was younger back then. and a lot yeah, of He things. was like nine years old. I was like nine years old. So, <laughs> yeah. And it just, I was just very, I've always been a curious kid, like, in regards to uh, anything, in regards to, like, even, like, technology on the floor, a calculator, a little RC car. My Game Boy. His Game Boy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And for me, it's just learning to see how things work mechanically or even electronically has always been my thing. Even though, even though I might not understand what the schematics are, what they say, or what they what they do, it's just seeing all that, seeing the map. It's like a road map, you know. And the, I take that. I took that same approach when learning how to make things by hand. And what it does for me, it's it's really hard to explain. But I think more creatives out there are willing to under, like can can definitely relate to what I'm about to say. It's almost as if you're putting all this work in like plowing a field. And you're like watching the crops grow, so like that's the that, that's what's going on as we're like I'm making something. It'd be a bag, or it'd be something like uh, you know a video editing or this sort of production stuff here. It's just like you're putting that labor into doing that, and then you see the you see the the final product. It's just it's just something that's great. It's amazing. It's uh I I can't relate it to anything else, and um, that's what it does to me. And I know there's people out there that might not be creative that have something similar that they do. Maybe not with their hands, but maybe with their mind that does the same thing for them too. Yeah. You know, you walk into a grocery store and you'll see in a, a, you know, you get a selection when you go to the bakery when you say you want to grab some, uh, some bread, you know, there's something about marketing at these big companies that is just so interesting when they put artisan select uh, artisans pick on the bag and they make the bag kind of more crunkly you know lo- looks like it just came from the backwoods in italy somewhere mm-hmm. it just does something to you you go man this is more real this is more uh i don't know like this probably is healthier for me it's probably better you know it doesn't look so uh uh it looks like somebody took their time and put a piece of their soul into it yeah Right. Yep. Exactly. You feel like that's what you do. That's what I feel like. What I do every every time I make something, and 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 then the the best part is giving it to somebody. You know, them seeing it, and seeing their reaction, giving them them giving me the input. If it's a bad product, or if it should do this, it should use this. People love it or hate it. It's just even that is great. Yeah, absolutely. We're at a point now with our bags and everything where it's become a part of what we do as a larger brand and company, but. You you cannot say enough about the quality of product that we put out now, and I think we we're on par with all the major competitors that you can think yep. of. Wouldn't you guys say? I mean, I would say that. you still have bags out from 2011 out yep. in the market. Yeah, still see, seriously, yeah. Yeah. I still see people's yeah. backpacks, the original designs, yeah. all because Caesar said, "Hey, we can't we can't go cheap on this part, and then it'll you know if, as long as we don't do that, it'll last. It'll last and a long time. Those are the details those, that as somebody's creating." realizes is important you know versus just outsourcing it somewhere and then they try to decide what is important or not you know but when you create something and you want it to last the creator kind of knows what can't be cut right yeah and everything else is like anybody else that might make a similar product would say well that costs a little bit too much more you know Mm -hmm. let's cut it off by 50 you know 50 cents but they don't realize that they just ruined the product. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, you know, it, it kind of translates more to Caesar. You mentioned this, but outside of just creating something with your hands, but your YouTube videos, I would give that as another artisan uh, kind of feel to it because you take things that aren't necessarily out there already or some kind of a canned um, 
uh, response to your uh, to your listeners and followers who look at the videos and just want information. But you put the information out there in such a way where it's artisan. It's something that comes from John Santos, your experiences, your uh, uh, you know background working with the Nevada State Nevada Small Business Development Center and SBA, all your credentials, company, all that. Uh, it's a piece of you in the videos that people see. And they know that because when they watch the videos, they follow it religiously as from what I've seen, some followers who've spoken with you, interacted with you. And they can see that there is that artisan aspect of it, that they know they're getting something special that they won't get from book X on starting a small company or class A from uh, UNLV. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a value there. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say so? Oh, definitely. I think anytime that you create something, whether it is a product or a video, you are putting a piece of yourself out there. And I think the way that um, that, that translates through video is in really thinking about who that end person is. So if that end person is going to be Josh from the Midwest, you know, he lives in Illinois, or if it's going to be Suzanne from Australia, you know, like you really try to speak to them, but you speak to them through being real with how you, how, how you present that, you know, so then yeah. that's how they could relate to it. And they could say, wow, this is amazing. Thank you. Like, this is exactly what I needed. Yeah. Um, so you essentially find out exactly who you're going to make it for. And then you make something custom to that person. But obviously on YouTube, it could go out to everybody. Mm-hmm. So then that's where I think you get a lot of those, like um, a lot of those hit and misses, you know, like yeah. some people will be like, what the hell? Like, this isn't, this is not right. You know, it's yeah. because once that video kind of goes to everybody that you weren't necessarily thinking about, um, it could, it could not translate well with them. So that's just, that's just the power of, of, uh, of online and social media, right? You can create it for one specific person, but then somebody else will come across it and probably think it's not okay, right? Yeah. But you can't let that dictate what the next video is going to be. Yeah, and the reason why you can't let that dictate the, what the next video is going to be is because you're still providing a value to those even who don't like your video because you're providing a touch point. You're providing a place or a, a, a place where you can say, I don't want to do what he did here, mm-hmm. or I don't find that, um, necessarily good for me because I want to do this. You are still providing some kind of a service to even those who don't might might not like the video because you're putting yourself out there. So even though they may not give you the praise or give you all the likes or subscriptions, they're still getting something from you. So you know, and who knows? They may have a family member or a friend who sees the same video or that you get referred over to, and you're all they've been looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, yeah, I, I I see that as well. I think um, gen- more generally speaking. It can go in everything that you do. When you when you take a piece of yourself and you and you know you have a talent, a skill, or you cultivate it, other people really find joy in it. But you can't see it because you're so tied up in it. Yep, you know, that's true. it's hard to 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 get to that that uh under level of understanding. But it takes time. Definitely, and and I think that even translates a lot more to maybe Caesar could speak on it more. But when it comes to creating a product, you know, like every single product that we've ever made starts in caesar's hands right so every single product is is cut it's computer generated on cad it goes through the sampling process this is a guy that essentially created this whole this whole uh, system and he created it after working with other pattern makers and developers in the field you know like pretty much living in their backyard and working with them right and uh and so every product goes through his process and 
I think a lot of the times when that sample's completed and we all look at it as a team and we're like, this is freaking awesome, you know, like, and then once we send it out to a factory and a factory somewhere else makes it, I think we lose touch with the fact of how much detail we put into that product yeah. in order for it to come out okay from a factory. Yeah. You know, that's uh, uh, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, definitely. So much gets lost in the, in the not, especially if it's, you're talking to someone who doesn't know English or even someone who's translating for you. So having that physical product and the pattern is like it just helped us so much and uh i've learned like johnny was saying like sleeping in you know people's backyards and their driveways uh overnight trying to finish these products up because that's that's what it honestly that's what it took to to get the quality that we have now and uh reverse engineering what the big companies do and anybody can do it i really believe anybody can do what i do i always tell them i know john's uh wife amanda all this, I'm like, you can you can literally do anything these bigger companies are doing. Like, you see a design you like, you can create that too. Just give it your own um, your spin. own taste, your own spin. Obviously, your own design, your own knit. Like, but it's your product. At the end so of the day. I want I want to walk you back a little bit, and I want you to speak to a, a person who may be listening who um, doesn't believe that they actually can. Because sometimes you hear that from somebody who's you know like Michael Jackson, like you can dance too. You're like, no, I can't dance like you, Michael. And so they might be, there's a disconnect, you know, so what the whole point of this podcast is, and this is my artisan format where, um, I want you, you to create a bridge for somebody who's in that place who doesn't necessarily feel like they can create anything that would be of value if they have had an inkling to make a bag or do art or anything of that nature. So I want you to kind of walk through 2000, circa 2009, when you first bought that 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 sewing machine mm -hmm. and you first started designing talk about the failures you ran into the 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 work that went into it and the, the losses you know you lost time mm -hmm. with with being with friends you lost this so get that struggle out there for those who aren't uh who, who don't know so yeah yeah definitely 2009 i remember i remember my neighbor uh who, not my neighbor anymore but they had a really old sewing machine they were throwing away it didn't work i had to fix it i fixed it and then this was before john even had the idea to create the mm -hmm. first revive uh brand company backpack and i was just sewing random stuff just learning how the machine worked learning why it was it kept breaking literally every five minutes so that was a struggle but i just i just wanted to learn how to sew that was that's what i started off step one just learn how to sew it had nothing to do with creating any products yet i just wanted to learn how to sew and i did i learned it wasn't the best but that's the thing is whenever whatever you want to do in your life, even if it's drawing or, you know, running or, or creating something, you're going to suck at first. Um, you know, even I'm pretty sure all the big people, even like, you know, uh, Tesla, Thomas Edison, all of them, they all they all sucked in the beginning. And it just took them that first step to try to get them to continue going on the road to, to success. So I started there. Uh, moving forward, and we ended up creating our first product that looked horrible. Johnny can even testify to this. It was the ugliest thing in the world. I still have it. I have all the stuff I always, ma I always made. Some of the logos were actually upside down on that. Yeah, 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 they were upside down. Like the stitching was off. Um, it had a lot to do with. Um, at, at that point, it had a lot to do with the machine I was using. I just, it just wasn't working for what I was doing anymore. So moving forward, we finally, you know, got in contact with a with a manufacturer in California and we brought our, I brought my samples over and they're like, you made this? And they're like, yeah. And I just remember them, like their smile on their face. They just wanted to laugh so hard. <laughs> and I wasn't afraid of, of um, you know, being criticism. You know, criticism. That's the thing. That's the other thing too. And it's, it's crazy to look back at it now that 
I didn't even realize like that they're criticizing me. I just was oblivious to it back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's like I'm, st- you know, I'm so obviously still not afraid of people criticizing me for whatever it is I believe in, or if it's something that you know is true to dear to my heart. And from there, we ended up getting another machine. I learned how to master that one. We we're making better products. It just took time. I, it definitely took a lot of time away. I, I, you know, a lot of friends I didn't hang out with anymore. Uh, a lot of people who I thought my, were my friends, I stopped talking to them. Um, they didn't align with what I was doing. Uh, they didn't believe in what I was doing either, too. Um, there were some, and there's still some, that truly strongly believe in what we're doing. And I, I, I'm grateful for them because they, they helped me along the way. And, uh, we're, and, you know, to get to the point where we're at now, we're still creating products, but we're still creating this message is, uh, is key for sure. Um, I, I want you now, Caesar. what I would like for the listener is um, you are a master of building bags. Now, you're, you are you know, an expert, and you can teach classes. You, you, you can do the whole bit, and you've created amazing products for us. What I want you to do is I want you to put yourself in the position of somebody who's, who's new now. And you don't have to actually in, step outside of where you are now because you've talked about your aspirations before um, long term in terms of where you began back then to where you are now and what you see for the city of Las Vegas for having, you know, your own, you know, I want you to talk to everyone about where your aspirations lie right now. So that way they can see you in the infancy stage before you end up being that, that, that guy that's running this 20,000 square foot facility. And, you know, we do all these, uh, amazing numbers and bags and everything like that competing with the big wigs. So I'm going to shut up. Talk about yeah. that, where, where, what your aspirations are. Yeah, my aspirations are uh, having a facility on uh, not only creating products, that's number one, creating all sorts of different products from apps and films and uh, obviously all surrounded around the brand Revive and Wake Up and Win uh, for the city of Las Vegas, for the greater Clark County and Nevada. Um, it's always been something of, of mine, especially to really showcase like this is what we're doing, like this is what we can do, this is what we have to offer. Uh, these are the products we have to offer. This is what we can do for you uh, as far as like creating uh, samples or manufacturing small quantities. That's definitely something that I, that I aspire to, to show p- people who want to create products and okay. here, here, in, here in Las Vegas too. Yeah, and I think that's, that's the major thing. Like when we, when we talk about it, um, obviously like, you know, you go down to California you could throw a rock in and find somebody that's going to make you something, right? But the further away you get from California or even from New York, that's pretty rare to see anything. So Vegas, for the longest time, was focused on just casinos, you know, and all, all three of us grew up here. And uh, the Vegas entertainment was all about nightlife, uh, strippers, cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Wake up and repeat, right? Yeah, wake up and repeat. <laughs> wake up and repeat. So, uh, so the whole culture around Vegas and, you know, anybody who grew up here, can testify to that that our whole lives we're pretty much de- destined or geared to work in the casinos right and yeah. that's the reason that that vegas is uh 51 out of 50 in education i don't yeah. know how that works but <laughs> right. 52 actually yeah, yeah. 52 it, it, it makes 50. sense because you know he, he came he, it's, uh, he he's uh he's from the clark county yeah. byproduct of clark that's county. right baby ccsd for life so so yeah i mean just the fact that we grew up here and that we you know We've seen this city grow, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen everything grow. And through this journey, we've been able to see other other places 
been able to see really explore California, explore Mexico manufacturing, uh, work with people overseas in China, Taiwan, Taiwan. You know, like there's we've been able to see these different cultures. And the whole time we're right here out of Vegas, you know, like in the middle of the desert, still with the same culture, cocaine strippers. <laughs> but now I think they got uh, online gaming or whatever, yeah. or, or, you know, <laughs> virtual sports, uh, e-sports or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So this culture has, has kind of stayed the same. It's evolved. And I think it's kind of growing. And I think that's, that's really what we saw uh, since we started this, this company was how do we make an impact in our own city and then in communities all over the world, right? Because if we could do that here, why can't we do it somewhere else? Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's where, and we're creating our own platforms in order to tell our story the way we see fit. You know, and that's where, you know, when you hear about people talking about self-empowerment and all this other stuff, us doing this podcast, having our own uh, a media platform in order to advertise our own products. I mean, we're creating an entire apparatus in order to showcase all the time, effort, and work that we put in. So, Caesar, uh, actually, what I was uh, going to address to the crowd or the listeners about um, was actually right now he's still getting a lot of requests for artisan products, you know. So, like, even my cousin wants it, wants a bag with the Eritrean flag, you know, and he's been bugging me nonstop about it. And I've been having to, you know, talk to him. But there's Eritrea is a country in Africa, by the way. That's where I'm from. And then they want a bag that has that flag in it. And everybody wants to have something that's artisan pick. Everybody wants to have something that is fresh from the tree, you know, right from the source, from the geyser. They want to know that they have something that is from someone else to them. I mean, I think that's where everything is headed to in the direction of this podcast, the media that we create, the YouTube videos, the the products, the the, the bags and the shirts and all of the the gear that we give out, everything it has to at least lean toward that artisan pick, because then everyone will know. Okay, I'm a part of something, so they they allowed me on on the other end. What you get, what I believe anyway happens. That anytime I feel this, I feel empowered. When someone opens up and gives a piece of themselves into whatever product they're selling or giving to me, I feel like I'm being connected into a broader mission. I feel like I'm being part of something that's higher than myself. And it's very subtle. It's very small, plays in the background, but it's incredibly important. It's something that is a detail that is, uh, it can get lost in the weeds. You know, when, when you have all the noise of life pulling past you, when someone creates something, I like to do things like that. You know, whether it's dating with friends and all that, you know, write a card and write a letter, you know, uh, uh, show up and meet them at their place to know that they're a part of something that is bigger than them. Uh, And that's what we want to invite people on that journey. That's what Wake Up and Win is about, you know, sort of artist and pick. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, exactly. So, uh, for all you guys listening out there, just understand that to have that craving is a natural thing. To have the craving for something authentic, something that can that that uh, reaches out to you personally, is not uh, something that's impossible to have. But it is, uh, it, it's out there. You just have to dig for it. You just have to to work for it because the the precious stones and the precious jewels have to be sought after. If that, otherwise, they're not so precious, are they? Exactly. <laughs> so that, that, that's what life is about. It's that adventure and finding these kinds of uh, you know, informative podcasts, uh, uh, products that are uh, very uh, spectacular. It's about striving to find that uh, that moves your soul fo- forward, that moves your soul out of a dark place into a light one. So 
We, if you want to follow up with us and find us on social media, check us out on Instagram and Facebook. If you have a story that would inspire and change the world, send it into us on our email. We hope to hear from you soon. Wake up and win.